All right, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. Book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans, chapter 12. Starting in verse 1. If you have it, say praise the Lord. The Bible says, I beseech you, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, I ask you, Lord, to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Give us, O God, I pray, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word and give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us and give us the godly wisdom, Lord, to walk in that path. We thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can be seated. I want to ask you a question tonight. What is the Bible all about? It's not basic instructions. But it's detailed instructions. Ain't nothing basic about the Bible. There's a lot of basic about these nonsense books out there they call the Bible. But this is the detailed instruction manual. But I'm going to tell you, let me tell you, folks, this book is a call for change. It's a call for change. If you think for one moment you can live like you've lived in that world and make heaven, you've lost your mind. I promise you, you will never see heaven. No kind of way. This is a call for change. And the Bible said, be not conformed to this world. And we are a people of conformity. We don't need to be, we don't need to be like the lizard. We need to be like the butterfly. The lizard changes and adapts to wherever he's at. But the butterfly didn't start out a butterfly. The butterfly started out a worm. <laughs> yeah. But the butterfly metamorphosized into the butterfly. Praise God. He was completely different. And that's what has to happen. That's what the Word of God calls for. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice as holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. It's, it's, it's a reasonable service to change. 
to present our bodies as a living sacrifice and to be not conformed to this world. Not to adapt yourselves to this world or the things of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to be transformed, it's going to take a renewing of this mind right here. I don't think like I used to think. Therefore, I don't live like I used to live. I used to conform to this world. I used to do all kinds of things that this world does. I don't do those things no more. Why? Because there's been a transformation in me. My mind is renewed. There's been a renewing of my thinking. The things that I once considered acceptable are no longer acceptable. And the more that I push for that, the more that I see it in the Word of God. Amen. This is your manual for life. I promise you, nothing short of this right here is going to make it home. Nothing short of this. Not one step short of this is going to make it home. Nothing. Let me tell you something, folks. You can miss something by a thousandth of of an inch, or you can miss it by a hundred million miles. Missed it is missed it. Missed it's missed it. Now, so what's it talking about to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? That ye may prove, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what you have to do, you have to, you have to look in this Word and prove Amen. What is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God? What does God want? Well, there's only one way to find out. It's getting this book right here. Because this is what's going to tell you what God wants. And this is what's going to tell you what God accepts. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. The Bible even talks about that. He said, what if some did not believe? Does it make faith God without effect? God forbid, let every God, that, that God be true and every man a liar. It don't matter whether you believe it or not. It's true. It's true. It always has been and it always will be. And you're going to be judged by that book I preach out of right there. Amen. So if you ain't lined up with that, it's over with. And you're going to find out that fast when you stand before God. And let me tell you something. You're not going to stand before this merciful Jesus that you're, that you're uh, uh, talking and, and, and praying and walking with today. You're not going to stand before You're not going to stand before a merciful, compassionate Jesus. All that will have changed. When you stand before Him, you're going to be standing before a judge. There's a big difference. Because all that mercy and grace is going to be gone then. You will be out of this dispensation, which is the grace dispensation. You'll be standing in the the dispensation of judgment. For ever so brief of a moment. Now, what does the Bible say about change? 2 Corinthians 6.17. Somebody give it to me. See, this notion of receiving Jesus is a lie from hell. You don't receive the king. The king receives you. And that's only if you line up with his word. God doesn't just receive everybody comes down the pike. 
God ain't going to receive you coming in here with a beer in your hand or, uh, 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 you know, bag of weed in your pocket and all that kind of stuff. He's not going to receive that because that's iniquity, and those things are sinful. They are harmful to this body right here, and they are also setting a... They are also setting a bad example. So when you do that, amen, the Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will what? But what had to happen before you receive them? Did he, did he just say, come, uh, 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 did he say just to come out among them and I'll receive you? What did he say? He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. What does that mean? It means you've got to separate yourself from that nonsense out there. You've got to separate yourself from that life and from those people. Amen. And from that lifestyle, and all of those sort of things. Put that behind you. Amen. Listen, the, one of the hardest things for people to ever get through is coming to the realization that the Jesus they're talking about out there is a lie from hell. That's the hardest thing they ever have to get over. Because it sounds so good, they want it to be true. Because you can live any kind of way you want to and still make heaven, according to them. And after all, they're filthy rich. After all, man, oh, uh, they, they say that they're just uh, covered in blessings from God because of all their money and all that kind of stuff. Why do you think there are so many people in them churches? The Bible says, in the, talking about the last days, the Bible says that men will not endure sound doctrine. What does it mean, endure? What is it? Why is that word endure there? Because to hear this message... Honey, you got to endure this. This is going to cut you going and coming. Let me tell you something. You better hope I cut you going and coming because you'd much rather me cut you going and coming than Jesus when you stand before him in that, in that, in that white throne judgment. You better get cut on this side. Listen, I ain't got no ulterior motive. I'm not trying to bribe you. I'm not trying to smooch on you. And I'm not trying to make you my friend. I'm trying to get you home, praise God. I'm trying to break you out of the prison that the devil has put you in. But you know, he, he don't come as the devil. He don't wear a big D on his chest and, and have the little uh, uh, horns and the pitchfork and the, and, the, and the tail sticking out there in the back. No, man. He comes looking just like Jesus. He comes just looking just like a man of God. Well, now, don't that look Jesus-like? Well, now, we believe that if you say skippity-doo-da-day and yippee-ki-yay-ki-yo, you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. Said Lucifer, while he's swimming in money, not one penny of that came from Jesus. He's the worst sort. A man that preaches him lies is the worst sort of villain because he's taking millions of people to hell with him. I'm here to tell you tonight, the Word of God is not for the world. 
The Word of God is for the church. The Word of God is for people that are willing to come in and lay down what they got. Man, this is just like the price is right with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Would you trade? Not not what not price is right. It's a, what's it what's it called? A, make let's make a deal. Praise God. Would you trade what you got for what's behind curtain number two? Would you trade what you got for what's behind page number nineteen hundred sixty-two of the King James Version Bible? Praise God. Would you trade what you got? Amen. For eternity with Jesus. People have a hard time letting go of what's in the hand because their motto is a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Let me tell you what, that works with a lot of things on earth, but you better not use that when it comes to the kingdom plan because I promise you, what you got in your hand, if it's anything other than the Word of God, you better get it out of your hand before Jesus has to snatch it out of there and it's going to be too late. The Word of God is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword. Remember, the Word of God says, the Bible says, Think not that I have come to send peace on earth. Now, that's what the world talks about. Peace. <laughs> Why do birds suddenly appear every time I'm in church? Because they want to be saved like me. It's all about love, isn't it? You know, Jesus is a loving God. But I'm going to tell you something. The part of him you need to know is not the loving God. The part you need to get a hold of is that consuming fire. Because that's who you're going to meet when you stand in judgment. And I promise you, you're going to stand in judgment. There's a lot of people out there, including those Luciferians you were talking about, Brother Quick. They say they don't believe in the Lord, and they say they're going to crucify Him again if He comes back and all that kind of stuff. I'll see it. I'll be there. I'll see it. Because I'm coming with Him. Praise God. The Bible said He's coming back and the saints that are already with Him, they're coming with Him and we're going to rise up to meet them in the air and we're coming right back with Him too. I'll be there. I'll fight them. Let me do it. Praise God. Let me tell you something. He came and allowed people. He said, hey, they don't take my life from me, but I lay it down. He laid it down last time. Honey, <laughs> every person on this planet and every devil in hell ain't going to have a blip on, ain't going to be a blip on the radar screen to Jesus when he comes back this time. He ain't playing this time. He ain't coming back as a lamb this time, buddy. He's coming back with a sword in his hand, and it's going to be boom, just like that. He's not coming back playing happy time. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm trying to prepare the people of God for. You need to understand, the church out there is still preaching that Jesus, that meek lamb, is the one that's coming back. But I want you to clearly understand, you are not going to meet that same Jesus ever again at this side. But you're not going to meet Him again. 
When you meet him this next time, buddy, he's not coming back as that lamb. When you meet him this next time, buddy, he's going to light you up if you ain't ready to meet him. And I am here to prepare you and tell you, you better get ready because he's coming for you. Somebody say something. Praise God. The Bible says, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And a lot of people like to like to grab onto that part. They like to hold that. They like to get a grip on that because you know that sounds so sweet and smooth. But they forget all about verse twenty nine. This says, Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest unto your soul. Praise God. Listen, you find that rest. There's that brief moment that it gives you rest. Amen. But you're going to have to find that deep rest. You're going to have to find that, that rest unto your soul. There's two rests there. There's the rest he gives you. And then there's that second rest right there that you find yourself by. You find it, the deep rest unto your soul. Amen. Praise God. You see, it don't matter whether you're addicted to drugs or alcohol. doesn't matter what you're addicted to. If it's an addiction, you better get rid of it. Because if you're going to live for Jesus and you're going to be His, see, Jesus ain't got no addictions. They ain't nothing in control of Jesus. They ain't nothing in control of our God. He's in control. And I'm going to tell you something. He's going to have control of you or you ain't going to be with him. It's just that simple. You're not going to be a rebel without a cause, and you're not going to be a rebel with a cause. You ain't going to be in. The question is, I preached a message not too awful long ago called, Are You In or Out? Well, I can tell you straight up. If you ain't in, honey, you're out. There are millions and millions of people walking this earth today that absolutely believe they're saved. They absolutely believe that they're Christians. They absolutely believe that they got what it takes to make heaven. And they're headed for hell like a freight train. I'm looking at a bunch of them in this audience tonight that once thought they had it made. Until they came and heard the word of truth. Amen. What's that? Amen. Let me tell you something. I'm not here. I'm not here to, to, to tell you what a great person you are. Man, I'm going to tell you. Listen, there ain't nobody, there ain't nobody loves the people of God more than me. But my job is to wake you up. My job is is to sharpen you and to help you be the best you you can possibly be. That's my job. My job is not to lull you to sleep. My job is not to charm your money out of your pocketbook or out of your bank account. My job is to feed you with the truth. My job is to give you what it takes to help you make it home. Listen, folks, 
if there's no change, you're wasting your time. Because the Word of God is all about change. You cannot remain the same and make heaven. You can't do it. May as well get that through your head right now. You can't do it. And I don't care who preaches it. They're a liar and a thief and a scum. Anybody's preaching that lie from hell is for Satan, whether they want to know it or not. The Word of God is very clear when you stay with the Word of God. You know, the King James Version Bible. The devil has so many people thinking about how hard this is. How hard this is. Well, he had me the same way. You know, back when I was young, man, I don't hear all that. I had long hair, man. I, man, I food with drugs and everything else I could get my hands on. I was all in that mess. So, I know exactly what I'm talking about with all that kind of stuff out there. Let me tell you something, folks. I have never given one thing up for God that I want back. Not ever. You know what? People say, well, man, you know, I smoke and, man, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It sure is hard. But I'm going to tell you, I wanted to quit smoking. Even before I wanted to quit for Jesus, I wanted to quit smoking because I'd wake up hacking and coughing for two hours every day of my life before I before I got started every morning. I'd have to hack that mess out of my lungs for two hours. Any smoker that's ever smoked a long time, been smoking for a long time, you can't tell me if, and be truthful. You can't tell me there ain't been times it's crossed your mind, man, I need to quit these nasty things. They're killing me. They make you feel bad or something like that. And then there's other times you just like, oh, oh, my honey, my cigarette. Oh, yeah, me and you, baby, we're going all the way. No, he's going to drop you off. He's going to drop you off at emphysema land. I got a mother laying in a hospital bed right now dying from emphysema. My granddaddy died of emphysema. My daddy died at 56 from a heart attack. Amen. Good old cigarettes. And I followed suit, smoked for years. Except I tried to outsmoke them. I smoked three to five packs a day. But you know what? That was a hard lick right there, buddy, to quit smoking. But I'm going to tell you something. You'd have to kill me to give me one today. That's over with in my life, and I thank Jesus for that. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you, it was hard, son. Woo! See, God took the alcohol from me just like that, and He can do it because I couldn't put it down. God took it. I'll tell you about that sometime, just not tonight. Yeah, I will. I'll tell you about it right now. Well, I wasn't going to. The Lord said, yes, you are. So here we go. Let me tell you how it happened. I've been drinking for decades. And I mean drinking, son. I wasn't playing. I was from... Daylight till, yeah, till I went to bed. And I, I was sitting there at the table one day. I'd tried to quit several times, and 
I was sitting there at the table one day, and I had a drink in my hand, because I always had a drink in my hand. I was able to drink. I had enough money where I could drink as much as I wanted to, so I drank I drank all the time, just round the clock, seven days a week, 365 days a year. much as I wanted, any time I wanted, I could go get drinks, whatever. Any place I went had a bottle of alcohol. I never went to, to, to the dive bars and all that kind of stuff, because I didn't want no trouble, didn't want no fights and all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to drink. So I went to the places where... You know, where they were nice hotels or nice uh, uh, nice restaurants or something like that where they had a bar in there where you could sit. Every place I went had a gallon of alcohol for me, a half gallon of alcohol in the drawer for me. Because I'd come in 6 o'clock in the morning and I'd want to drink. Well, I got to the place in my life. I was sitting down at the kitchen table. I had a drink in my hand. Day just like every other day. I didn't get drunk. I drank all the time. And I was sitting there, and I, I was raised in this, so I knew the truth. I knew I was going to hell. Well, no question about it. But I said, uh, Lord, I said, is this it? Is this it? Is this all there is to it? Is this what this life is about? I mean, is this it? I said, God, I hadn't talked to you in a long, long time. I hadn't asked you for nothing. Hadn't, hadn't done anything. Hadn't asked you for a thing. I said, Lord, I want you to, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and do it tonight. I want you to do it today, tonight. I said, Lord, I want you to either kill me or cure me tonight. And the Lord said, You sure about that? And I said, Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I said, You're God. You know my heart. You know what I'm thinking right now. I said, Lord, I know I'm going to hell. I said, but you know what? If I live another 40 years, another 50 years, what's that in the face of eternity? What difference does it make? Whether I go tonight or 50 years from now, what's 50 years in in 100 quadrillion trillion zillion years and you ain't even begun yet? What's 40 years, 50 years? I said, but I'm tired of this mess and I can't beat it. And I'm not going to trade this habit for another habit called AA. Either deliver me or kill me either way. I don't want to ever wake up another day and reach for alcohol. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. And I said, so Lord, I don't care whether it's hell or whether you deliver me. Either way, I want it tonight. I said, you choose. You choose. And the Lord said, are you through? I said, yes, I am through. I'm through. Are you sure? I said, well, you're God. You know my thoughts.
I'm sure. He said, okay. That's all he said. Okay. I got up, turned my drink upside down in the sink, set the glass in the sink, never said a word to my wife. I went to bed. Fully expected to be in hell. As the next thing I saw. I knew where I was going. See, I knew better. I just didn't do better. I didn't try to lie to myself. I didn't try to lie to myself. See, I already knew enough truth to know that I was heading for hell. I knew exactly where I was going if he, he called my number that night. You know what? I woke up the next morning, and I've never even desired another drink ever. Not never had one more drink in my life. Not one drink. Ever. Gone. So let me tell you, God can deliver you. And so when it comes to the smoking, because I was falling behind them Marlboros pretty hard, you know. But when it comes to smoking, <laughs> I was looking for that same deal, because I liked how that worked. That worked out real good. I mean, he just come in there and took that habit. I never even thought about another drink. Never crossed my mind. It was gone. Any desire for alcohol was gone. It's like I never drank in my entire life. Not even one thought. Not one thought. There was no remembrance in my mind of having wanted alcohol. It was gone. He delivered me from that. Completely gone. Gone. And so, man, when it comes to smoking, well, I was ready for that same, that same just roller skate to it, you know, so I kept them in my pocket, you know, because they had to be right handy because I was still smoking them. And so when I, I, uh, I was waiting on God, you know, and I'll tell him, you know, come on, God, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, come on, get them cigarettes too, God, because you know I don't want them old cigarettes now, you know, you know, they're damaging to my testimony, so I don't want them cigarettes either, God, but you're going to come, come on, get them when you're ready, you know. I'll just be right here. Me and, me and Marlboro will be right here when you get ready. Come on, get them, you know. Just let me know. Just let me know. I'm ready when you are. Well, time went by. He didn't come get them. Huh. And so one day, one day uh, I'd come out of church, and I was pretty, I was pretty, uh, Pretty strong in the church at that point, man. I got back in church, and, man, I really turned it up for the Lord. And, man, I was living for God. And, man, Lord refilled me with the Holy Ghost, man. And I was blazing a trail for Jesus. But I still had them cigarettes. Now, I never smoked anywhere going to the church. I wasn't a pastor or a preacher or nothing. But, I, man, I was committed, dedicated. But I, uh, man, I never smoked going to church. Didn't smoke coming from church because I didn't want nobody seeing me smoking because I didn't want to be a stumbling block to somebody else. And I never got in a hurry, even though I smoked like a maniac. I never got in a hurry either. I never rushed it to get out so I could go smoke a cigarette. Didn't matter if I was there 10, 12 hours. I didn't worry about it when I was in the house of God. Well, one day, man, after we had a powerful service... I had a buddy of mine. He'd been trying to quit, too. He was an older fella. He was probably 75 then, and uh, 
he's dead and gone now, but but he he was you know he uh, he's trying to quit smoking too. Farmer, you know, lived across the road from us over there, across the highway. Good friend of mine, and and I went over to see him. Well, he had a his uh, son-in-law and or, or nephew or something, and niece. I forget how he was related to him. Anyway, yeah, nephew and niece, I believe, a husband, wife, and their son, and he and they was over there. And they had gone to the church a few times, and they'd seen me at the church. And, you know, man, I had ministered to them, and, and uh, they knew about the drinking and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was talking to them, and, uh, you know, at the church and everything. And, man, they had a lot of confidence in me, you know, and uh, because they had struggled with alcohol and things too. And they were in AA, and, uh, and of course, they smoked. But here, here they come, and I was over. I didn't know they was over there, but I was over there with my buddy, and, and of course, it was after church, and, I was over with my buddy, and I had my foot up on the bumper of my truck, you know, and smoking me one of them Marlboros. And he's out there smoking, you know, and and here comes that fella. Here comes that fella from that had been at church that day, his uh, nephew. He walked up, and he seen that cigarette in my hand, and he went, I mean, just ever so slightly. I mean, it wasn't a, you know, nothing like that, but it was like a, it just, it just shocked. It shocked him. He could not believe that I smoked. See, in his mind, there was no possible way I smoked. And he saw that and it just took him back, you know. Well, when that happened, oh, that lit me up, buddy. Woo, I got mad about that. Man, I was mad. Woo. And I said, well... He walked over and he seen that, you know, and I knew he'd seen it because I saw his reaction to it. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, i got to quit these things, man. He said, yeah, me too, you know. I could tell. Well, he didn't think I was some kind of heathen, but I'm going to tell you, his thoughts of me went from here down to here. So, man, I said, well, i got to go. I jumped in my truck. Boy, I got in that truck. Man, I took Jesus to it. Come to Jesus meeting. I said, well, look, Lord, look now what you've done. I'm on the way home. Woo, man, I called God up on 1-800-COME-HERE-JESUS. <laughs> Lord, now look what you've done. Look at that. Look what you've done now. I can't believe it. Knowing that I need to put these cigarettes down, God, but you hadn't come got them. Here I am smoking, setting a bad example. You saw what that man did when he looked at me, Lord. It's damaging to my testimony. Well, I was mad. I was mad at God then because he didn't come get them cigarettes. So I said, now, Lord, I said, you know, that's it. I ain't waiting on you no more. I'm doing it myself. And I said, you know, God, when people smoke like I do, you know, sometimes they commit suicide. I said, because it's so hard. Sometimes people just kill themselves trying to quit cigarettes like this. I said, you know what? So be it, whatever. If that's the case, whatever. But I'm going to quit. With you or without you, I'm quitting this. End of story. I come over and I walked in the house. And my wife's over and I said, that's it. Bam! Slammed the door off the hinges, boy. She said, Oh, my God, what is, what is it? I said, that's it. She said, what, 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 what? I said, I quit. She said, quit what, what? I said, I quit smoking. She said, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, you lost your mind. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, I did not. 
I ain't got no chance above ground. Got no more chance above ground than mole. So, man, I went in there, and, I, man, I went to bed. I got up the next day when I'd normally have five cups of coffee and ten cigarettes before I can get out of bed. I got up the next morning. Oh, man, I wanted a cigarette, boy. Woo! Man, you ain't never wanted to, You never wanted a biscuit in your life. I bet somebody could have given you a, a cupcake yesterday, couldn't they? <laughs> hey, man, because we were fasting for three days. I bet you could have gave her a box of sugar cubes yesterday. <laughs> hey, man, it's amazing how stuff looks good when you go on without. When you know you can't have a cigarette, man, you smoke one out of a you smoke one out of a, a, a cesspool, man. And I was in there thinking, oh, man, I want a cigarette so bad. I woke up, and I, I was just sitting there just thinking. I was just thinking, no, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to show you, God. <laughs> I'm going to show you. I told you I'm doing it with you or without you. I was mad, boy. Of course, you know, I was all that, you know. <laughs> so then I got up, man, off the, off to Nashville. I went, <laughs> got to Nashville. Going through the day, man, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is hard, boy. And you know what? About well, 5, 6 o'clock, whatever it was, man, I went back home, went in the house. My wife said, did you make it? I said, yes. Bam! Slammed the door. In there I went, in the bed. Went to bed right then. The next morning, got up again. I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Help me, Lord. Well, God, why are you doing this to me, you know? And got up, man, on the way to, night, on the way to, on the way to town. On the way to town. People must have thought I was crazy because I'm in traffic. And I know they're looking at me and I'm going, God, why are you doing this to me? You know this is damaging to my testimony. You know you don't want me to smoke these cigarettes. Why are you doing this to me? I was hollering out, man. People probably looking at me and come in. Change lanes, honey. Something wrong with this guy. This guy's about to blow a cork or something. He's one of them... He's one of them shooters, I think. Get over, get, take the next exit, <laughs> you know. And you know what? Something dawned on me. And I pulled my truck over right there next to Nashville Airport on the interstate, High 40. Donaldson Pike. I pulled over under that bridge right there. And I said, wait just a minute. I said, devil. Jesus ain't doing this to me. You're doing this to me. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with the addiction. You are the one doing this to me. And I said, you listen up, devil. You listen up to me. I have smoked my last cigarette in this life. In Jesus' name. And you take notice right now. I will never pick up another cigarette in my life. I'm done with it. In Jesus' name. And I said, Lord, forgive me for not putting proper blame where blame is due. And you know what? Just like that. Boom! Right then. 
in that split second. God took it. And I never wanted another cigarette in my life. Later, the Lord spoke to me about that. And he said, you know, my question to you, son, was, what part are you playing in this? What role is it you're playing in this? Let's see. I went to Calvary, gave my life. I came, got the alcohol out of your hand. You wanted me to come get the cigarettes out of your pocket and out of your hand. Why don't I just come get you right now and just bring you on home so you don't even have to do anything? Why don't I just come bring you right on up here so you can just have eternity with bliss and all that? My goodness, I certainly wouldn't want to inconvenience you in any way. Why don't I just come do it all for you? How would that be? And so, he said, you know, I've done my part. Now it's time for you to get busy and do yours. Let me tell you where you're going to find Jesus. You're going to find him at the end of you. You ain't never going to find him until you come to the end of you. See, coffee woman knows what I'm talking about. She's a cocaine, I mean caffeine addict. She was. She was. You should have just told him over there at Star Smacker. Uh, listen, uh, could you just put that in powder form and give me a straw, honey, because uh, I just want the purest form. Just, just give me a straw and a razor blade, uh, honey. Throw them beans out there. I can handle it from there. Well, sure you did. That way you don't even have to worry about lifting your hands. You can just lay there and get high. But you know what? Yeah. How silly is that? Do you know what? You never saw it. You couldn't see the forest for the trees. But now you're looking at the woman in the mirror. You see? That's what this walk is about. This walk is about you seeing the real you and meeting the real Jesus. Because that's two things that have to happen for you to make it to heaven. See, what most people consider help in a church is somebody coming along and telling them how good they are and how saved they are. But let me tell you, that couldn't be, that's the furthest thing from help. I'm not trying to help you get out of one mud hole into another. I'm trying to get you unstuck and get you back on the highway where there ain't no ruts and mud. I'm trying to help you find your way to that narrow path and stay on it. Praise God. This whole walk is about change. I didn't understand it when Jesus picked the name to this church. Neither did my wife. 
But I understand it now, don't you? It truly is a change of life. Amen. If there's no change, what's the point? Some of you have been with me a while. How many of you have seen changes in your life since you've been in this walk? All you that just raised your hand, are you sorry for it? Church, let me ask you another question. How many of you that just raised your hand can say that every change you made was simple? Well, it was easy. No big thing. I mean, you know. I've had to evict people from themselves. I Well, I didn't. God did. You think I'm lying? Give me just a moment. Lord. Yes. Uh, do you still have a copy of that uh, that uh, affidavit that you gave me that to, to give to that uh, person? I evicted them from the bubble. Yes, you mean Sister E? Yes, 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 yes. Do you have a copy? Yes. Gabriel, get that. Here you go, my son, in whom I am well pleased. Thanks, Dad. Here's the actual eviction notice. It reads as follows. Be it known unto all this 25th day of the year of our Lord, 2016, that so-and-so, a.k.a. sister so-and-so, is hereby evicted from the following listed premises. My space, my bubble, my area, effective immediately. Be it known this day that the above-mentioned criminal trespasser did knowingly and willingly relinquish and surrender full possession and all rights to said properties upon repentance and baptism, marriage in parentheses, in the name of Jesus the King. And upon Jesus Christ having purchased said properties, paying full price, and now being sole property owner and holder of the property deed. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. 1 Corinthians seven twenty three. This decree is to be effective immediately and is hereby irrevocable, or irrevocable, irrevocable by order of the king. Signed, God. Amen.
And I delivered it. She was hard to track down, but I found her at work. Amen. And I said, Sister, you have been served. <laughs> you ain't got a normal preacher. <laughs> Praise God, but I'll tell you what, you got a real one. You got a real preacher. You got a pastor that really does care about where you make, where, where you go. You got a pastor that really does care about your well-being. My job is to help you lay aside every weight and the sin. The things that so easily beset you. You know the things that have ruined your life. You know the things that have you bound and captive. You know the things that's got you hooked. You know the things that you'd like to put down, but you can't put them down. So you lie to yourself and tell you that you didn't want, you don't even want to put them down. You might have loved them when you was young or when you were younger, but now you're trapped. It ain't no different than the way I was. You get trapped in that mess. I was trapped in that mess. Man, when I see the price of cigarettes today, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, thank you, God. I have to have nine jobs to be a smoker today. Man, I couldn't believe what them cigarettes cost now. People come seven, eight dollars a pack. What? Oh no. <laughs> but my job is to help you see that word clear and to help you find that path to walk in and to help you find your way to the change and through the change. Listen, church, anything that that Bible requires you to do First of all, it's absolutely mandatory. It's a requirement. But there's not one thing God asks you to give up that is not for your benefit. The Bible is clear when it tells you what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. The Bible is very clear when it tells you what is righteousness, which is what is right, and what is unrighteousness, which is what is not right. You cannot lead yourself through this life. Make no mistake. You just think you got it all together. You never did have it all together, and you never will have it all together. Why? Because the Word of God is true, and the Word of God declares it. The Word of God says, It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. God did not put that in man. Why? Because... Man would be directing his steps, wouldn't he? Now, the call for the for change in the Word of God is a constant call. It's constant. You will never, you will never get to the place where the Word of God will not call for change in your life. You need a continual call for change in your life. There are many things I used to do that I don't do anymore. And there are things that all through your life, from now to the very end of your life, that God will call you to stop and take up other things in your life. Amen. This is a continual growing in God. No matter where you're at in this walk, 
there's always going to be a call for change. And the call for change will always be that you get closer to God. You cannot stay in the same place you're at and make heaven. See, some of you have broke some addictions in this last fast. Some of you have broke some chains. Some of you endured and pushed through. Praise the Lamb of God. You learned a lot in that. Those of you that pushed through, amen, when that devil was screaming, Come on! Come on! Stop it! Stop it! You're killing me! (laughs) Yeah, I'm killing you! Yeah, I'm killing you! That's what it was for. That you break every yoke. Amen. That you let the oppressed go free. Amen. That you open the prison to them that are bound. Amen. That's exactly what that's about. That's exactly what fasting's about. Praise God. Amen. See? Oh, I ain't worried about it. Because <laughs> I ain't going to do it. <laughs> right now, y'all have a good time. I'm going to Washington, honey. Well, I'm going. I'm going somewhere. I'm flying somewhere up there right now. <laughs> I'm riding alligator through the, through the Louisiana swamp. I'm doing something. <laughs> no, I ain't. No, 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 no. Hey, wait a minute. Me? Uh, <laughs> yes, right. I'm uh, going on a crocodile tour <clears throat> with uh, just me and Captain Coffee. <laughs> going on a donkey ride with Juan Valdez. <clears throat> just a little, just a little bean between your cheek and gum. <clears throat> but you know what? You didn't like me too much when I was talking about that fast, did you? How you like me now? How you like me now? Amen. See? Praise God. Weeping endureth but for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Praise God. Now that addiction don't have you anymore. Praise God. The key to it is stay away from it because it will get you back. And you know, the Bible says when the devil's gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking a place to rest. When he findeth none, he says to himself, I will... I will enter back into my house from which I came out. The Bible said when he enters therein, he finds it swept and garnished. And said he taketh with him seven more worse than himself. In the latter state of that man is worse than the former state. I want you to understand something tonight. This message is a hard message because it preaches against the flesh. The word that comes across this pulpit, the word that comes through that Bible right there, is a hard word. Just like it was when Jesus gave it. People look at things and they see all this as a peaceful, sweet little thing. There ain't nothing peaceful and sweet about this. He did not come to send peace. He came to send a sword. And that's what I wield is the sword, which is the Word of God. Praise God. But I will tell you this. You are the one... And you can do this. Praise God. You can do this. Amen. A lot of times people are looking for another word. But the only word I'm going to give them is, you can do this. Yes, you can. And I know you can. Because I've done it. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. Praise God. You can do this. And now is the time to do it. God has put this place in position. 
He has put you in position to be blessed. You think, well, I can't. I'm too far gone. Or I can't, man. It's just too hard. Oh, yes, you can. Because if you couldn't, you wouldn't be in this building right now. God's the one brought you here. The devil didn't bring you here. God brought you here. And if God brought you to this building, you are the one. Why? Because there's people just like you that need to hear from you. Somebody needs to hear your testimony. What testimony? If you don't have one, the one that God's about to give you, that one. Praise God. And you're going to help them just like I help people in my life by my testimony. We're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. Praise God. Listen, my testimony is true. It's real. Praise God. And it happened to a real guy. Here I am. It happened to a real man. Here I am. Praise God. I'm a man just like you are. I'm a person just like you are. And I had the same hang-ups and the same problems that many people out there still do. And I know the way out of that mess. And I'm here to tell you how to get out of it, praise God. I know how to find Jesus. I walk with Him, praise God. And you can too. But you're going to have to sell out that mess out there. You can't have them both. Now, Jesus ain't going to force you. He ain't going to force you. He's just going to say, well, <laughs> you want me? Turn loose that out there. He said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. See, that's the first thing you need to do. Well, there ain't nobody doing that. They're not taking this yoke upon you. What's the yoke? There it is right there. There's his yoke. He said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest under your soul. But there's nobody doing that. Who's preaching this anymore? There's nobody preaching this no more. No, this don't sell. Man, this don't sell right here. There ain't nobody preaching this. What they're preaching is how to build a church. Well, they ain't talking about building a church of living God. They're talking about building a club, a money club. I'm going to show you how to build a money club. And let me tell you something. You better get over that one uh, 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 one service a night thing, honey. Cause, uh, oh, no, you're going to have to have ten services a day or you're going to have to have a building size of a stadium. You're going to have to have an hour-and-a-half service or a 45-minute service twice in the morning just to get them thousand people in. And that's what you want to do because you don't want to tie up your whole day. You just want to be there long enough to get their money. Got to have time to spend that money, right? <laughs> Now you're going to fly your Learjet, baby. you got to have a... I mean, you're going to get a Learjet. You're going to have to have time to fly it, right? Well, you can't be tied up in church. How are you going to ride the sky, man? You know, I, I got to be fly, Daddy, you know. I ain't got time. I love to fly. I love to fly. <laughs> but uh, I don't have time for it because I'm too busy in this church. I don't have time for anything. Because I'm too busy in this church. Praise God. Praise God for my church. Praise God for the church family. I praise God for that word. Because that word right there is the word that got me out of, out of the mud hole. Praise God. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. You give a man a fish, you can feed him for a day. 
teach a man to fish, you can feed him for a lifetime. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you how to make it home all the way, all the way home. That word right there, that's how you make it all the way home. You're going to have to follow this word. Now let me tell you, when you get started, when you get started in this word right here, how you start, that's a good thing. Get started. But what's going to get you home today ain't going to get you home tomorrow. Because you're going to have to continue to grow. And you're going to have to get better and better and better and better. Bible says, to whom much is given shall what? Much be required. Church, God's trying to, He's trying to wean you off of this world. You've got to turn it loose. You've got to let go of this world. You've got to let go of this mess out here in this world. You cannot hold on to that. Now, you may look far off. You may look and say, well, you know, Jesus is not ready to come back yet because there's still some things to be fulfilled. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There still are some things to be fulfilled. But let me tell you, the, let me give you the rest of the story. Wonder how many people died today. Did anybody watch the news? Did anybody watch some news? Did anybody hear some news on the radio? Anybody see any news on the, on the uh, Internet? Well, I can tell you right now, you can go. You can go on the, on the Internet, and you can check it. And I guarantee you there were some deaths today in Houston, Texas. I guarantee you there were some accidents that happened today and somebody died. How many of you have ever known somebody died suddenly? How many of you ever known somebody died young? You ever know somebody died young? You ever know somebody, brother, died young? Were they expecting it? Had no idea, just like that. We all know somebody like that. Let me tell you something. If you go out of this gate and get hit by a good thing, get started, guess what just happened? The Son of Man came for you. Where are you going to be? If you aren't ready to meet Him, you're going to be in hell for eternity. And that is a fact. I don't care whether you like it, whether you don't like it. It's a fact. Because that Bible is true. And it's proven itself over and over again. So my job is to help you get ready. The Bible said, Be ye therefore ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. People very close to me have lost their life. Some of them very young. I'll never get over it. But I know some that are in hell today. That doesn't make me a judge. That Bible is the judge. And you're not going to live like hell in this world and make heaven. You're just not going to do it. 
if you're not ready to meet him, you ain't going to want to meet him. But either way, you're going to meet him. The devil's a liar, church. To those of you that are watching, the devil's a liar. This is the greatest part of my life. There's nothing better than this right here to me, this side of heaven. Living for God is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. Reading the Bible, studying the Bible, ministering to people, praying with people, fellowshipping with the family of God, being in church. It's the greatest part of my life. It's the thing I look forward to the most in my life. Praise God, because in here, I know what to expect. Out there, it's a free-for-all. Out there, it's all cussing, drugs, and sex, and all that mess, and all that crazy music, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just everybody trying to see who can be the worst, who can outdo each other and be the worst that there is. How can you go any further? And you know, I've asked myself that. How in the world can it get any worse? And here comes somebody. But here, know exactly what to expect. But you see, we are ambassadors. Now let me talk to you a minute about ambassadors. Once you go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, specifically, so much happens. One of those things that happens is he trains you up in the way you should go. And you're in the church at that point because you become the bride. You marry him and you become the bride, the bride of Christ, and that makes you the church. Once you become the church, then you begin to learn and, man, you begin to be fed and taught, amen, and you're taught the doctrine and taught how to live and how to be and how to walk and talk and be and all the things that you need to be doing, how to help other people. You learn how to help other people just like yourself. And you show them how God brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light and you help them find their way out. But in doing so, you trade in your citizenship here for a citizenship there. You give away your democracy life for the kingdom life. And you're no longer in control, and you no longer call the shots, but you yoke up with him, and he bought you with a price at Calvary. So the Bible said, what? Know you not that you're not your own, but you're bought with a price? So once that happens, he makes us ambassadors. What is an ambassador? Well, an ambassador is a representative that goes to foreign lands. He's a representative of a nation or a kingdom, and he goes to other lands. And he's a representative of that nation in, what, in all the other foreign lands so that there's a, there is a diplomat there from other countries to, to sign papers and do things representing their country or kingdom as it concerns or pertains to that country. You see what I mean? So, what countries do they go to? Well, you know, if a person is going to be an ambassador to China, guess what he's going to have to, guess what he's going to, have to do? He's going to have to speak Chinese. 
if he's the ambassador to a, to a land, a foreign land, he's going to be happy. He's going to have to be able to speak the language. Why? Because if he can't speak the language, how can he be an ambassador? He ain't going to be able to communicate with those people. Hear me tonight. You hear me? Listen. So how how can he communicate with that land? How can he communicate with that land if he doesn't speak the language? Now, here we go. The Bible said he gave, gave them talents according to their several ability. Isn't that what he said? But here's the deal. What are we ambassadors to? Well, I'm an ambassador to the alcoholic. I'm an ambassador to the smoker. Why? Because... I'm from there. I speak that language. I'm an ambassador to the people just like I used to be. Why? Because I speak their language. I can communicate with them because I speak their language. You see? That's how it has to be. According to your several ability. People that's been steeped in all sorts of things like that. Who's God going to send them to? They're going to send them to people just like you. Because you speak their language. And you can talk to them on their level. You can communicate with them. You see? Amen. And when me, when I as an ambassador... Bring somebody over to our side, then they're sent back out with the same call. They become an ambassador as well to people just like them. And it just expands from there. The Word of God calls for change. And it is a constant calling. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore, come out from among them. Oh, yeah, wherefore, yeah, we are compassed about. My mind's blank. Wherefore, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. That does so easily beset us and let us run with patience this race that is set before us. Amen. Brother Edward, get me Ephesians four, twenty two through thirty two. Go ahead. Twenty two through thirty two. Listen carefully. What does that conversation mean? Uh uh-uh. uh. Behavior in that, that particular word there means behavior. So, uh, and, and the context where you're talking about, though, does mean citizenship. But here, or whoever said it, okay. But here, this one means behavior. So write behavior next to that word if you've got it right there. Amen. Okay, so where you put off concerning the former conversation. Come on. The old man. Yeah, come on. Which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. What's he talking about right there? What's he talking about right there, Brother Quick? Put off. 
concerning the former man, the former conversation, which is corrupt, what? Okay, according to deceitful lust. What does it mean, corrupt, according to deceitful lust? Somebody help me out. What does it mean, corrupt, according to deceitful lust? What's corrupted itself? The deceitful lusts that tell you, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to have that. I got to have that right there. It's, oh, yeah, me and that. Oh, it's, oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, oh, that's good. That's good, good, good right there. Woo, that's good. I got to have that. That is deceit. That's your flesh lying to you. That's that devil lying to you. That's the deceitful lust that says, oh, that's good. I got to have that. That's deceitful lust. And it says that what now? Go back there and read it again. That he put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. That former conversation means former behavior. Come on. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Which is corrupt. It means it's corrupted by those things that they did that stemmed from the conceit or, or deceitful lusts which lied to them. So the things that, that started out as what? The four stages of sin, lust, conception, sin, and death. Amen. Okay. Concerning the former lust. Go ahead. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed. See, does that sound like a call for change? Yeah, you got to put off the old you and put off the lust therewith and the deceitful lust that, that caused the corrupt, the corruption to take place in your life. It corrupted you. Can you, let me, let me just give you, let me just give you a, 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 something to, to chew on for a while as in the next day or so. Stop and think about all the things that corrupted you through the years, that when you got in this church, you started seeing those things and had to put them out, put them away. I mean, it's a big list. <laughs> Thoughts and all kinds of things. Why? Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Your heart, which is right here, told you those things were okay. And they were so okay that you was going to heaven with them thoughts. You was going to heaven with all them things you were doing. What things that you were doing? The deceitful lusts of the flesh. That's what you were doing. You were going to heaven with those you thought. till you got here and realized that, wait a minute, that ain't going to work. Uh-oh, this ain't going to work. Wow, that ain't going to work. Oh, my God, that ain't going to work. Uh-oh, whoa, what about that? Man, oh, even this book ain't going to work. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, what? I'm going to hell. That's one of the first things you got to come to understanding with when you meet the real Jesus. When you meet the real Jesus and realize how holy he is, the first thing that's going to come to your mind is, I'm going to hell. When you see who he really is, you're going to see who you really are. See, you can't never see who you really are until you see who he really is. Okay, come on, brother. Read on. 